0: Welcome to Cashflow Candy, episode number 23 with Rosetta Thurman, the founder of Happy Black Woman. If you want to create a business that is location independent, Rosetta Thurman has cracked it. This lady travels all around the world with just her computer, being able to make money doing what she loves. Now, I met Rosetta a couple of months ago. She's now in my mastermind group over in the United States. And she's just an incredible human being, and she really just opened up my eyes because in her introduction, she told me that everything she owns fits into one suitcase. Can you imagine that? Rosetta has been featured in numerous media outlets, including Jet Magazine, Black Enterprises, Essence and BBC London. Rosetta has built her business firstly on blogging. If you want to build a blog, you better listen up, get your pen and paper ready because she's going to give you some explosive information on how to build your blog. So it really transforms people, all around the world. The second half of the interview takes a massive turn and I absolutely love it because many entrepreneurs, including myself, we continually are working on our business and we're creating so much extra stress in our life, we sometimes don't make time for ourselves. So she actually goes into a process called life mapping. You're going to take so much away from this interview. She's going to start with her journey on how she got to where she is today. So let me introduce you to the happy black woman. Rosetta Thurman. This is Annette Lackovich, and you're listening to Cashflow Candy. Join me while I interview successful entrepreneurs, business specialists, and share the ultimate information, helping you increase your sales, doing what you love. So let's start making some candy for your business. Hello, and welcome to Cashflow Candy. This is Annette Lackovich here, and I must say, today I have the best office in the world. Today I'm um, celebrating my ninth year wedding anniversary and we've stayed in this beautiful hotel in Sydney Harbour and I am picked the most gorgeous suite and surprised my husband and we have uh, floor to ceiling harbour views and um, if uh, Rosetta, I know you're on the phone, uh, when you ever come to Sydney this will be the place that you absolutely love, it's what Sydney is famous for. So let me introduce everybody to Rosetta, Hi. Rosetta. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Now, very important question. Where are you today? Because I know you get around. (laughs) Well, it's uh,
1: it's funny. I I was trying to imagine the view in in Sydney in Australia because it's one of the places on my bucket list. I'm working through it, and right now I'm on uh, in Argentina. So I'm in Buenos Aires right now
0: in Argentina. Fantastic. Now let's just get straight into it because I want to go into your story of. Um, how you are an independent, lifestyle, entrepreneur. Your big thing that you push is location independence business. So can we go into just your journey and how you become so passionate about what you're doing now and the, the role modeling that you've become?
1: Sure. It's, it's, um, it's really not a typical story, I would say. I didn't start out wanting to be an entrepreneur. Or thinking I was gonna be a business owner. I was going to go out there and, and rock the business world. I actually started out in the non profit world. Uh, I don't know uh, exactly the terms that you guys use in Australia, whether it's yeah, NGO did. or nonprofit.
0: nonprofit, profit,
1: yeah. Yeah, not for profit. Yeah. So that was my background. I was an English major in college and I knew how to write. I could write anything. And in my English department, you know, they would post jobs and I needed a job, I needed money for school, and they said, you know, you could write, uh, you know, we need somebody to write grant proposals to raise money for these different not-for-profits, not for these charities, <laughs> and I, I said, you you grants? grant proposals, oh, yeah, wow. to raise money, <clears throat> <laughs> so... I said, you know, I love, I already love volunteering. I would, I would tutor kids after school. Anyway, I had a heart for service uh, and, and that kind of thing. And I said, well, you know, I can write. If you Give me directions, I can write. And so I got experience in the nonprofit field. And when I graduated from college, you know, I was uh, studying poetry. And I thought naively that I was going to get a job as a poet. <laughs> and, you know. I don't know how it is in Australia, but in the United States, there is really no job you can apply for called poet. Yeah, you know. And so, in my senior year, I was looking for a job, and I said, "My only experience is in nonprofit. I guess I should, you know, do that." So I, I moved from Virginia to Washington D.C., uh, you know, our nation's capital, where all the money was supposed to be, and I got a really um, nice career started, and I really thrived as a nonprofit leader, raising, you know, a million dollars a year for different causes through my grant writing, through sponsorships. I got into that world. And in 2007, I said, you know, I've been doing this for a while. I want to, I want to be more visible. I want to get more leadership opportunities. I want to sit on boards. I want to, um, have more influence. I want my voice to be heard in my field. I want it to be a mover and a shaker. So I said, How can I do this? You know, I was doing networking and I started seeing people writing articles online and posting them on these websites called blogs. And I was reading <laughs> blogs. And, um, you know, a blog is really just a type of website where there's articles on there. And I said, You know, I'm a writer. I can write. I'm going to start a blog. <laughs> and, you know, if I start a blog, people will read my thoughts and they will respect me even more Mm -hmm. and lo and behold uh It worked. I started writing articles about the nonprofit field, about my expertise. I have training in fundraising and leadership and management. And I was writing about that. And all of a sudden, uh, I would go to networking events with my boss. And they would know me before they would know him. (laughs) Because (laughs) they saw me online. They saw me writing articles. I was getting quoted in the newspapers and the Washington Post and, you know, the Chronicle of Philanthropy. And I just realized the power of putting my ideas out there online because just a year later, um, not even a year later, after I started my blog, I got my first paid speaking engagement. So Mm
0: -hmm. it
1: really was because of putting myself out there that I had this business started on the side. I got paid. I didn't even know how much to charge. I was like, uh, $400? I had no idea. And So I started this business accidentally. My first business was nonprofit consulting and speaking. And I decided two years later, I really love doing that even more than fundraising. I love going around the country to speak at conferences. I was talking about leadership. And, you know, when you're a speaker, they treat you like a queen. So Mm -hmm. I I love that lifestyle. And I said, (laughs) you know, I could get used to this. So two years after I started my business, you know, my business on the side, I said I was going to quit my job and see if it would work out. If it didn't work out, I would just go back to my job. And, you know, five years later, I'm still self-employed. But just to um, tell you how I got to Happy Black Woman, my Mm -hmm. current business, this is my second business. I, I like to figure out what works and then replicate it over and over. So the first thing, the first way I started my business was through a blog. The second way I started this business was through another blog. Mm -hmm. In 2013, um, 2010, rather, when I quit my job, I needed another outlet to share my thoughts uh, with the world. And so I started this personal blog. It was called Diary of a Happy Black Woman. And it was really, you know, my thoughts about how. I was navigating this new world of being self-employed. And lo and behold, that blog became more popular than my nonprofit blog. Wow. People were like, I want to know what you're doing. You know, I was writing about everything from being an entrepreneur to dating in D.C., being a single, you know, single black woman with the afro. I had just uh, changed my hair. It was it was great. It was great. Um, It was something that helped me build an online community that is now the basis of my location independent business. So that business, um, in that business, I offer coaching and we offer online training programs and live events to help other women uh, create their own businesses doing what they love so they can have the freedom to travel.
0: Mm. And you travel a lot. Like in the time that I've met you, I know you've, I think you've moved around three places and maybe... (laughs) Four <laughs> so you you you, know, you are your product. So, well, let's talk about this about the what what is location independence business and, and how do the, do the listeners here actually create it. Well, the
1: term actually has been around a while. I know at least 10 years people have been talking online about this concept of being location independent, which simply means that you are able to live and work from anywhere in the world. You're not tied down to any specific place. You're not tied down to a state, a city, even a country because your business is run primarily online and your mm-hmm. clients are you know, down the street, Main Street local business, you're not tied to that. So when you have that, you can travel and be anywhere as long as you have a laptop, you've got Skype, you can meet with your clients and and make money. Mm. So a it location the technology. I know. <laughs> it's really allowed us the freedom. Um yeah. But a location independent business obviously is one that, you know, gives you the income that, that you can do that because travel does cost money and, uh, and you can't, uh, you can't just pack up your stuff and and leave your house without a plan for how you're going to bring in your, your revenue. So Mm. that's what I mean when I say location independent business and, um, For me, I decided that I wanted to be location independent back in 2013. I actually invested in a a month-long retreat in Thailand. So this was after I shut down my nonprofit consulting business, and I said, I'm going to take Happy Black Woman full-time. I don't really know exactly what that (laughs) looks like, but... Um, I'm just so passionate about it. I love this community of women I've created, and I know I don't have to be stuck in D.C. anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went to this retreat in Thailand. It was dedicated to location-independent entrepreneurs. I was really the only one there that wasn't fully location-independent yet. I still had clients in D.C. I had to go and be in person with every month. And I was there, and it was one conversation that changed my world view i was talking to this guy it was mostly men i was like one of three or four women who were there out of 20 participants at this retreat and all the guys some of them were from denmark some from uh the u.s and they were walking around with their shirts off they're just so free you know you learn so much from (laughs) men they're so free they don't care they they just they don't shower for three days they don't care
0: I don't Soul. care if they got a little love handle. I don't
1: care. Exactly. <laughs> so I was sitting in the kitchen talking to this guy from Barcelona. And he says, you know, where are you going after the retreat? And I said, I'm going to go back to D.C. I don't have any other plans after this. He said, well, where would you live if you could live anywhere? And I said, oh, that's easy. I would live in Hawaii. And he just paused and looked at me like I had three heads. Mm-hmm. Like, why the hell can't you? go to Hawaii like you made it here why can't you and it hit me you know as a coach that's a question I would have asked my client and I'm like here it is you know being put in my face what is stopping me so after that I decided within six months I'm going to you know get rid of my clients here in DC and I'm going to uh, leave and go to Hawaii and that's exactly what I did.
0: Incredible so just from that epiphany to say that everything that you can do, you can do online. You can even do your coaching online. Yeah. Yeah? Because I've got clients that, you know, I Skype all the time. <laughs> yeah. And some of them might be only, you know, uh, a, a few kilometers away. And, and it gives that flexibility. So um, I love that. So Honolulu is your favorite place, right?
1: Oh, yes. Still totally. Is. Yeah? hmm Yeah.
0: So let's talk about this. I have, um, and I don't have a massive understanding about blogging. I blog twice a month. I don't blog consistently. It's really just to add content to my website. So I would love to learn with the listeners about what to blog. I've created like what it's called a rapid writing system. So sometimes for me it's, um, and I think the blogging that I do might be completely different to really what bloggers do. So yeah. you mentioned mentioned before about sharing your thoughts. So for me, my blogs I feel like they they got to be professional and they've got to stay between these lines and I have a rapid writing system and what are the three tips and what is this and what is that so I feel like it could be completely different to really what bloggers do so can you take me down that road and the listeners really about blogging what's the great things to blog about and then how to grow it like how to get people you said the happy black woman took over what you were doing before like how yeah. does that all happen well, you know, blogging has been around for
1: a while, and I started in 2007, but you have bloggers who have been around since 2001, you know, with mm-hmm. the platforms that were out then, very primitive, but they've evolved over time. So, if you think about the actual definition of a blog, it's a web log. Originally, it was a web log, a log, like a diary uh-huh. on the web. So... um, you know, when I think of that, I think of like the the, the captain's log, like on a ship. You got you, know, you log in what happened that day or whatever, and that's really how blogging started. It all started with like sharing about your personal life. Personal uh-huh. blogging was the original blogging. Business blogging is actually more recent in the last ten years mm-hmm. uh, to use blogging for business purposes. So That's probably why you feel like you got to be polished, you got to be yeah. you know business like. But um, the key. For blogs that really take off and create what I call a tribe that build a tribe around your brand around you your thought leadership your content uh it has to be three things and you know I teach blog I've been teaching blogging since 2000 since 2011 I figured after four years I had something to offer (laughs) so I've been teaching like the main thing that you have to look at when you're blogging is obviously what's your big picture? What are you, what are you going for? Obviously, mm-hmm. you want to use it to build your business out the gate, and especially building a location independent business. Without a tribe, a location independent business will not succeed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a business that doesn't have people that you can communicate with is dead in the water, and a location-independent one where you're selling services like coaching, online courses, um, you know, uh, things that you can deliver online, books and ebooks, things like that, you do have to build a tribe. And to do that, you got to have three things on your blog.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: On your articles that you write on your website, you have to be useful. Number one is to be useful. So you have to be useful to your reader, your ideal reader, your ideal client. What is it that they would really need to hear from you. They read that and they're like, oh, my God, Annette, this is, like, the best thing I've ever read. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to follow you for life. So I've written pieces about, you know, how to become a professional speaker, you know, 28 ideas to build your business, you know, just Mm -hmm. really massive value um, to people. Mm -hmm. So be useful. Number two is to be authentic. So you have to write in your own voice. And of course, this is something that I learned in my English major days about really finding your voice and and writing so that it feels like you mm-hmm. um, and it's flowing from you. So really blogging is a conversational tone. You don't even have to have perfect grammar all the time. You know, you should proofread read and all that, but be authentic. So some people are very humorous. They have a dry humor. So that will show up in their blog. Mm-hmm. Um They'll have things that they like and they'll reference it in their blog. So I'm always referencing food and wine because I love it. So people can find out, you know, things about me in there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then number three is to be um, transparent. So about your journey, people really are connected to that, especially when you're building a brand online and selling online. There are so many people who who do what you do. (laughs) Um, When people are looking online for a coach, a sales A a sales trainer or whatever. There's going to be so many because they're already online Mm -hmm. and they're going to find so many people. And when you're transparent about your journey, it draws people in. Tell the story about how you got started, about the challenges that you overcome. I, when I first started blogging for Happy Black Woman in 2010, I was talking about the good, the bad, the ugly. I would share my my uh, highs and lows I shared about the year that I made very little money in my business and right? I almost gave up mm-hmm. and that, that is my we post yeah <laughs> right. that's one of the posts that people love the most yeah. even like I do business coaching it's like why would you want to reveal that but it's true I wrote I think it was like when you when you feel what to do when you feel lost in your business and I wrote about being depressed how I left the dishes pile up in my sink for for weeks at a time because I just couldn't figure out what was going on mm-hmm. that I was doing wrong in my business and so many people can relate
0: to that and they've been following me ever since so i'm i'm understanding the peas dropping for me is that it's what i use say on stage to help move people feel the connection make them understanding the journey of being an entrepreneur so it's what i use on stage it's that's what i should be blogging about to be able to connect with them through writing Mm -hmm. And I'm doing something like that. And some of the listeners may um, have known what's happened um, in the last couple of weeks on my Facebook post. Um, Yesterday, let's just say for an example, I wrote about my um, nine years of marriage. And I put taking out the mush of the journey of love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's got 190 likes and 38 comments. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a, a show that we have here, The Voice. And the, the three main women on there are in a very strong opinionated um, mm-hmm. post about the women wearing these dresses that were so low-cut showing their boobs. And I'm all for cleavage and I'm all for women looking sexy, but I was like every mm. single main woman is wearing these tops. And I just took a photo of them mm. all together. It had 1.9,000 likes, <laughs> 681 comments, and I'm um, just having a look now. It was over 101 shares. Like, it, it keeps growing. Um, so what you're saying is... And this is for my own understanding, really, and I'm sure that what I'm thinking, other people are thinking, because, you know, you're an expert in blogging, is this, it's, it's like sharing the stuff that I might be doing on stage, or that we might be doing in post, yeah. but putting it into some type of an organ, like a blog. So where, right. where, do we, where do we put these blogs? Where do we put them? Are they on our website? Do they Are they yeah. on own page? Yeah,
1: they're on your website. I mean, just like your regular blog post, what I would tell you to do um, is to copy and paste that exact post you put on Facebook onto your blog and put the picture in there and put a good title on it, and you've got your blog post. I mean, Facebook is a great, you know, sometimes I will share things on Facebook or Twitter first to get a feel for people are interested in it or if they resonate with it, and if they do, I'm going to go and put it into a blog post because that means that, you know there's some energy around it and readers are going to like it and that content will stay on the internet forever on your site it doesn't just you know die down on facebook you get to have it indexed on your website so mm-hmm. if anybody a lot of people find me through googling search terms and they'll find my website first they won't find my facebook page okay. first yeah, they'll right. find my website mm-hmm. so you want to just repurpose you know a lot of mm-hmm. things now i don't i don't write I don't always have to write a lot of new content. I might just repurpose something on Facebook or I'll write a little quote and then, you know, um, expand that onto a blog post. So you can
0: just uh, copy and paste. mm I was actually going to be using this um, next Wednesday for, for our newsletter and the newsletter post mm-hmm. always goes across and I love that. I love repurposing from works and all that type of stuff but I've never thought about it with the blogging. So oh, yeah. tell me about the, the ability to have traffic driven to there. Is that something that um, we need to build? Is it SEO? Like what, what do we do to be able to get heard and have traffic directed to be able to see your blogs?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I, uh, I, when I teach about traffic, I really try to focus on, especially when people are just starting out with a blog, it's low-hanging fruit, like to really um, to really reach out to the people who would be most likely to read your blog first. Like, for some reason, when we're marketing online, we want to, like, reach out to strangers, but it really starts with the people you know mm. when it comes to blogging. They're going to want to, when I started Diary of a Happy Black Woman as a personal blog, I just put a post on my personal Facebook profile, and I said, hey, guys, I just started this new blog. It's personal. You know, it's not, you know, anything, no big deal. You know, I just wrote this post about, you know, becoming the CEO of of me. That was my first post. I just want to share my journey, and, you know, I just quit my job. I just wrote a longer post for you guys to check it out. And so so many comments on that. And then here's the kicker. Those, my friends... And my colleagues shared with their friends and colleagues. Mm-hmm. So my initial readers were like their warm, you know, a warm market, you know. It's like yeah. people, someone referred them to come to my site. And it was someone that already resonated with me. So I wasn't out there looking for strangers. I was just looking for you know my friend or my colleague to tell their friend or their colleague and when i ask people even today and i say how did you find my blog or you know how did you end up at my event and I say well a friend of mine told me about your blog and i went there i loved your articles i really connected with you and i just signed up for your email list and here i am you know it's it's just the best traffic you can get is warm traffic and yeah. if you're not willing to share it on your personal pages first you're going to end up like trying to push and get strangers, but I feel like you should just pull and get people you already know, that's the best traffic and let them share it out for you. Yeah. And um the last tip I'll share about that is that the more useful, authentic, and transparent you can be, like that's what gets things shared the most. Mm.
0: Yeah, those three tips that you were saying. And if you think like a referral um to all the listeners you guys, if you think about how your business is built at the moment, um, what percentage of your business has been from word of mouth? And I know when I ask that question in my events, I know most of the room put your hand up. So if you Mm -hmm. think this is what we're actually saying with the blog, Um, let's go into mixing the, um, and I want to talk about, I know you've you've got a blog in school, is that right?
1: Yeah, Yeah. we have
0: a program called The Blogging School. (laughs) So tell me about that because I want to go into a bit of lifestyle balance, but just while we're on the subject of blogging, tell me about your blogging school because I'd love to know about it for myself. Sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, well, uh, it's definitely a program I've been teaching since 2011, and it's really taking people through the step-by-step of how do you get started with blogging, but not just blogging to blog, like about your cat or your kids, but blogging to build your brand online. So um, the blogging school is all about creating your online brand, building your tribe, and turning your blog into a location-independent business. Mm -hmm. So you can leverage it to sell products and services online. So um, what we do is we have, I have a system. I take you through how to define your online brand, get your blog actually set up properly on WordPress and not some of these other platforms that don't serve you as well as WordPress would serve you. And then um, I take you through how to create useful content because that's really what keeps people coming back. Again and again, and sharing with people, Um, and then I take you through how to get that that traffic, that traffic that is going to bring in your ideal reader. And these days, you know, what's changed between 2011 till now is that Facebook has become more prominent in terms of where traffic comes from. It used to be very um, very split between Google search, Twitter, and Facebook for my traffic at least. And in the past two years. Facebook is hands down the number one way. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, when you share it on your personal profile, it gets to be shared around the world from your friends and their friends. And then when you have a Facebook business page, it gets shared that way too. So, I go through all that in, you know, the traffic piece. And then in step four, we talk about list building. My blog has always been the way that I built my email list. In the beginning, when I didn't even know you were supposed to have a lead magnet, a free gift, I just had, hey, sign up for my blog and you will get articles every time I write one. And that's how I started to build my list. Um, And it's funny, I had like a list of 2000 until like 2013. And then I really got serious about, oh crap, I'm going to make this into a full-time online business. I got to kick this list building into gear. Mm -hmm. And now we have 20,000, over 20,000 people on the email list. Um, And every time you make a new post, that's a new opportunity for someone to come and sign up. And then step five is all about monetizing your blog. So I teach 10 ways that you can monetize your blog depending on where you are, what your skills are, your expertise is, even if you already have a brick and mortar or a a business that's tied down to one place you can still add on a location independent income stream and grow it until maybe that income is
0: equal to or more than the income that you want to break away from mm. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about women that want to build that independence. They're they're an entrepreneur. She's just juggling way too much. How do we get her aligned? Like what are some tips that you've got there and the importance of being able to get them aligned?
1: Well, one of the things that I have found so important for me in my journey is, you know, So many entrepreneurs have it backwards and I had it backwards for a while also in that, you know, when you come from working for someone else, the whole thing is, you know, my life I I organize my life around my job. You know, you gotta go in, people say nine to five and United States but it's really sometimes like you know eight to seven you know you just do what needs to be done the boss needs you somebody is on vacation you have things that need to get done especially in the field I come from not for profit we are stereotypically and realistically known to be overworked and underpaid so that was the that was the environment I was coming from so I learned how to build my life around my job but as an entrepreneur I decided that it was gonna be very important to build my business around the lifestyle I wanted.
0: Mm. Build my business around my lifestyle. Yeah. And I call this life by design. Mm. It's life by Mm -hmm. design. And I'd say that before I had my little boy, I was really like life by design where I my dancing was my priority, running every day, going out on the beach and just and then having my business, you know, work around that. And mm-hmm. I feel like since I've had my son, it started to go the other way where it's all around my son and my, my business. And mm-hmm. I was definitely putting myself last, not realizing, even though I used to hear this all the time from others mothers, and, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, why would you put yourself last? There's no way I'd ever do that. <laughs> and I started <laughs> to do it. And um, it was probably about two months ago when I was having the conversation with my client. Um, and she was saying that she wants to go horse riding. I said, go in the middle of the week. Just go. Go in the middle of the week. There's no reason why you have to wait to the weekend to go horse riding. You know, it's your business. You've got all these. She's built an amazing business now with um, uh, an extra six team um, of people, and this is in like a year and a half. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I thought, well, hang on. I'm teaching her life by design, and I've actually fallen off my life by design. So let's mm. go there. Let's talk about your life map. I know you've got that life map. Let's talk about that. Yeah,
1: it's really important to know what you want your life to look like so that you can design your business around your lifestyle. So I um, have been doing this process called life mapping. Mm -hmm. So mapping out exactly what I want my life to look like. I started this back in 2007. Surprise, surprise. That same (laughs) year that I started thinking about putting myself out there and ended up starting my business on the side. So this whole process started out by me asking myself, what do I want my life to look like in seven different areas? And the seven areas are lifestyle and fun, career and work, money and finances, um, health and wellness, love and romance, family and friends, and personal growth and spirituality. And um, I actually have a life mapping workbook that I created out of this process to give to everybody and so it's if you go to lifemappingworkbook.com you can download it. fantastic. Um and it really started out very rudimentary. Like what you see now at lifemappingworkbook.com is a very sophisticated version of what I started out with in 2007. I tell my clients all the time I I I don't give you assignments to do that I haven't done myself in figured out that they work. So I've been doing this since 2007. Every year, at least once a year, I create a new life map and I ask myself, um it started out with like just some index cards. I would write the question, what do you want your lifestyle to look like? What do you want your career to look like? What do you want your your money to look like? What do you want your health to look like? And just keep asking myself the question. And sometimes I would just answer them and I would put the cards away until maybe 6 months, 9 months a year later and I look back at them and I'd be like, Oh my God, like a lot of this stuff has come true. Like it's like the very, um, you know, it's like the the step that you would take before you do like a vision board. I also do vision boards,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but this is like the written version of it. So what I found is that it's really helpful for women entrepreneurs, especially when you're in the startup phase and you just feel like you're pulled in so many different directions. I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be marketing. I'm supposed to be branding. It's just, oh, it's a lot you really want to step back and take stock of what it is that you really want before you get swallowed up with mm-hmm. like what you feel, think you should be doing or you're comparing yourself to another woman entrepreneur or you're looking at your mentor and she's been doing this 20 years. You don't want to get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. You want to step back and say, what is the life I want to live? And then how does my business fit into that? Because when you think about it, your business is only one one section of your life map. It's
0: career and work. Mm. You've got six other areas. So true. So true. I love it. <laughs> I'm just sitting back listening. You should see me. I'm just stretched out at the moment. I'm just sitting there. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Please, but keep going. It's just you said. It's like life by design, right? Yeah. Because... And I love mm-hmm. how you put it though. It's just it's actually one part. Like I see it as a yeah. wheel, um, and I haven't taught this wheel for a long time. i have got to go back and do it myself. But it's like it's mm-hmm. like you score on a scale of one to ten on those. For mine, it's like five different areas. But if you think works, just one of them. But for us as entrepreneurs, yeah. it's like it's like a a ninety ten. Like ninety percent of the day is focused on that. I love it. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. I mean, you know. It's, it's one of those things that, you know, when you talk about
1: life by design, you really got to understand that our business and the work that we do is really to serve the life that we want to live. And my goals, I've always set goals, but I learned to connect my personal goals with my business goals and that helps fuel me in every area of my life so although it is that one piece obviously the the revenue the income that you that you receive from that feels everything else but mm-hmm. for instance my lifestyle goal is probably my top goal right now and in different times of your life different ones might be more important you know whenever i'm in a relate i'm single now but when i'm in a relationship love and romance goes to the top right i'm like all <laughs> arts and lingerie yeah. right but um <laughs> i love it but right now you know travel lifestyle and travel is very very important to me and so When I look at my life map, I say, it says, you know, um, live in a, live on a tropical island. So I'm in Hawaii a lot, but also I've, um, you know, gone to visit Playa del Carmen in Mexico and I have different places I want to go. I have a bucket list and I know how much it costs to go to those places. So when I now make my business income goals for the year, my revenue goals, and then my income goals for the year, I say, you know, this is what, I want to do not because I'm supposed to make money as a business owner, or because you know my coach told me I should make six figures, but because I have things I want to do in my life that I want to pay for, and um, and my business is going to get me there. It's not that oh I'm scrambling because I have to pay a bill or something like that. It's because. My business feeds my life, and when I do well in business, I do well in my life.
0: Completely different space that you sit in, yeah.
1: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Love it. So, can you give that workbook, life mapping workbook? What was it? dot com. Can you give that? Yeah. So Leanne? it's um, it's life mapping workbook dot
1: com. If you go to that website, life mapping dot com, you can download. I had a designer like you know. Take my vision and put it into, you know, the seven different areas. And it's like a, you print it out and it's like a journal. You can um, write in it. And at the at the last page, it's 15 pages. Um, and I also send you a 15-minute audio of me going through each of the areas to walk you through the process. Mm-hmm. And the last page is a really pretty, it's all, it's very colorful. When you print it out, you should do it in color if you can. And the last page is um, something you can print out and put on your refrigerator. It's like a summary of your life map. So it has each area, like a box, each area. And so you can write it in and, and put it up where you can see it all the time so that you don't lose sight of why you're doing this. It's because you want to... Fuel the lifestyle that you want, whether it is to travel all around the world with one suitcase or to purchase a home for your family, especially for my single ladies. I know that you married ladies are out there. I'm happy for you. But, you know, for my single ladies, this is important, too. A lot of us think that we have to wait for our knight in shining armor to come and, you know, buy us a nice house. I'm saying, you know. Plan to do it yourself, and when he comes along, you can create that together, but right now, you're single, okay, Mm -hmm. so plan to get that house yourself. You don't have to wait until Mm -hmm. you find him to, you know, put that on your life map and build your business so that you can have that house that you want. It's not dependent on anybody else. It's dependent on you, so whatever you want, write it down. Keep it next. Keep your life map next to your computer, your bathroom mirror, your nightstand, wherever you can see it, on an ongoing
0: basis. Fantastic! Thank you so much. Um, tell me about this. You have one suitcase. Is, it, is Has the suitcase gotten bigger over the years? No. You know what? Every time I feel like I should get a bigger one, I just get rid of stuff. You know Suit- because. <laughs> <laughs> so you have one suitcase. Um, yes so you don't have, have any home you you just you choose wherever you want to go where you live so you don't have to worry about furniture or anything like that is your furniture in storage uh-huh. like uh-huh. what's the situation there
1: <laughs> Love well, to, you know it really there's a word for it um and it. it's 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 called minimalism yes so i learned about this term i started reading about it back in 2008 i'm just curious like uh how people could save money because I was reading about how this young couple had saved so much money they could pay off their student loans and go traveling. They didn't have a car, and I was like, that sounds pretty cool. At the time, I was still working a job and I had a car and I had clothes and you know all that stuff in D.C. and I said, well, you know this is interesting. And then when I um, went full time, I was like, man. The, the dollars are not adding up. I want to travel, but I have this expensive apartment in D.C. You know, it's not it's one of the most expensive places to live in the country, in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, if I didn't have this apartment, if I didn't have all this stuff, you know, maybe I would be able to go to Hawaii this year. Because I did not believe it when I was working full time and now. That you have to wait until your business makes a certain amount of money mm-hmm. to be able to go on a vacation, mm-hmm. to be able to go on holiday. I think is what you guys say in Australia yes, to go on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> you should be able to go on holiday, you know, whenever you want. But if you have a living space that is very expensive, you're mm-hmm. pretty much paying, you know, for a place to hold your stuff. Yeah. So I got rid of my stuff in 2011. I got rid of my apartment. I got rid of my furniture. I got rid of most of my clothes, my, my books, my shoes, everything. And it, took, it still took me a few years, two years to really get rid of everything. It was like little by little. I used to have stuff in storage at my mom's house. 2013, when I decided to move to Hawaii, become fully location independent, I got rid of everything. I donated hundreds of books. I sold my car. So now, the way that I travel is, like you said, I don't have a mortgage, I don't have rent, I don't have anything in storage, mm-hmm. my expenses are wherever I am, so if I'm in Asia, my expenses are really low, because it's really cheap in Asia, right. uh, if I'm in Europe, you know, not so much, but... Um, <laughs> I have a suitcase. That's my closet. I, all my clothes and shoes, toiletries, everything fits in there. And then I have a little backpack that holds my laptop, which I call my mobile
0: office. And okay. that's really how I how I live. And I love it. And I just, I just feel this sense of freedom. This is That's exactly freedom. What
1: it's about you know. Yeah. It's like it's entrepreneurs, don't you know, Realize how much freedom we really have. Like, we don't, uh, we don't we take it for granted. Like, oh, well, you know, I could, I can do that, but I'm not going to do it right now for all these different reasons. But, you know, when you let go of a lot of the stuff that is making you spend money, like, you may have a two bedroom home,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but you're only using like one bedroom. You just have like boxes in the other room. You can like downsize to a one bedroom. And then take all that money that you save and go away to Hawaii for a month or to Paris for a month or two or three. You get to have all these different options.
0: Mm. How long have you been been, been a minimal, minimalist for? <laughs> uh, four years. I have oh, not years. had a permanent
1: wow. home address for four years. That's so, incredible. Um, you nice. know, there's so many pieces that people are like, oh, how do you do this? How do you do that? You know, it's like. Get rid of your stuff. That's always the first step. Get rid of your stuff and, you know, see if you can fit your stuff into, like, two plastic bins, you know, start small. And then, you know, take a, what I took was, um, like, an experimental trip. I took a month in Hawaii. And uh, I I said, I love this. If I could do this all the time, I would. And then I kept doing it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, try it. And see how it
0: goes. Pack up the family. It's not for everyone, but I know that you've. No, I say that. There's a lady that does have a family, and they do travel. They yeah. They, they, they're um they're a minimalist. Is that right? And I remember you saying yeah. over in America, um, in Australia. Yeah, they're they're from Australia I'm actually. From Australia. I was,
1: oh, uh, I, think uh, I know.
0: Yes, I think yes. I know who they were. I, um, yeah, and they've got little they girls. Yeah, they got two little girls. Um, they're on TV, they, I think, not long ago. Yeah.
1: They were mm-hmm. traveling for years. So, you know, what I say is whatever you want, you can – my motto is you can do anything you want with your life and no one can stop you
0: but you. Love it. So, and you I know, if you want to stop
1: – family you can
0: do it well that life mapping workbook sounds awesome and um, if if we could finish off with say your two hottest tips one for the startup entrepreneur and from you know any anything from the journey of your your life as an entrepreneur from your skills with the blogging building a business um, from getting your life right what would be the one super piece of advice that you'd want to give to the startup entrepreneur and one to the female entrepreneur where she's got her business together but she's ready to take it to the next level
1: yeah well um I don't know if it's cheating but I have the same piece of advice for both of them (laughs) yeah let's do
0: it and I know I'll put it on my
1: spot so (laughs) so well so my thing is you know um whether you're just starting out as an entrepreneur or you've been at it for a while and you want to go to the next level, my advice is the same. And this is what I do for myself. You know, at the end of every year, you could do this at any time of the year. At the end of every year, I just take three or four weeks to reflect. Sometimes I, you know, this past year I went to Mexico mm-hmm. and Um, just to reflect and to really look back over the past year. So even as a startup entrepreneur, you can do this. Look back over the last year and ask yourself, what worked, what didn't work? What worked, what didn't work? Mm -hmm. And then what do you want to see happen in the next year? What do you want to have happen over the next year? And having that reflection time, you know, I do that, You know, I call it my annual review preview. And if you keep following me, you'll get the, you know, I put out a set of questions every year you could do them with me when I do them on my blog. Uh, But it's, it's, those are the main questions, you know, what worked, what didn't work, what do I want to see happen next year? And so there's different questions around that you can ask yourself. But to have that reflection is really, really important because you get to now decide how this next year is going to be different mm-hmm. so whether you are working for somebody else and you quit your, you, you quit your job or you want to quit your job to do your business full-time that's that's the piece that opens up possibility for you in the next year if you are wanting to take your business to the next level you made a certain amount of money this past year now you want to grow that or maybe you didn't take any vacations last year and you want to enjoy your revenue <laughs> in the coming year. That's what you should be really focused on. When you take the time to reflect and then you do the life mapping workbook, Mm -hmm. you
0: can completely
1: change the trajectory of business in just a
0: year's time I I will add to that there's something that I do I don't do the what didn't work there's a thing that I do every year and I actually pulled my um, diamonds into it last year I blog about it every year so every year I put this blog together saying now it's time so it's the first week in Chris uh, first week in December how I say write down your um, top Twenty achievements for the year Mm -hmm. so what happens Mm -hmm. is the process is that the person's by themselves they light a candle so it's a nice fresh candle light the candle they go through a process of you know what are the 20 things that you're really proud about um, and then number them all the way down to what's the what's the number one thing that you're really proud about for that year Mm -hmm. and then to set the goals for the next year 10 and then what I did was I got my clients last year to actually do it with me so I sent them all candles we all got on Skype they didn't know what they were going to do they just got this box with candles (laughs) and we're on the call for about 90 minutes and um, the end of the process is that you actually record your top 10 goals for next oh sorry you 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 review so you do you read Mm -hmm. back your top 20 and then your top 10 and then at the end of every year, at that December when you're going to start the next year, you can reflect back and actually you listen yeah. to the ten goals. And I've done it for years. Like I have them actually in, saved in my um, my iTunes. But <laughs> um, it's got two thousand and ten, two thousand and eleven, two thousand and twelve. And it'll be really interesting. I can't wait to actually go through it again December this year with my clients just to see what's actually come true for them right. in their top ten. Um, but what oh, I love okay. as well is acknowledging maybe what didn't work because then you sort of know not to do it again. Um, yeah. But that the reflection um, is great. Um, Rosetta, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your genius, um, your sassiness. <laughs> It's been so great. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I've actually taken down a heap of notes. (laughs) I know. This has been awesome. uh, Thanks so much for having me on. Absolute pleasure. And um, I I can't wait to actually download that notebook and – sorry, that workbook. And big success with The Blogging School. I'm going to check that out for myself. And um, just for the listeners, where can they actually find out more about that?
1: The Blogging School,
0: uh, you can actually go to thebloggingschool.com. And you can find out more about our program. But I'll have both those links, guys, just in case um, you just want to go straight to my website, so annettlakavich.com. If you go into Cashflow Candy, you'll see Rosetta's blog um, interview there, and you'll see uh, I'll have both links for the um, Life Map Workbook and also the blog in school. Thanks so much, Rosetta. Have an incredible evening. I know it's evening over there, it's beautiful daytime for us. We're just getting started. <laughs> You're yeah, just finishing the day. Uh, so <laughs> I know, exactly. Thank Thanks for having me, oh, there. Great. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you got a stack of great tips from Rosetta Thurman's interview today. Ladies, if you want to be with other female entrepreneurs, have fun and learn over a awesome, awesome two days. I have a fantastic event coming up for you in 2016. Now, before I do the big reveal and show you what it's all about, you need to be on my list to actually find out about it. So if you haven't already, jump onto my website, annettlakovich.com, grab the one secret. You will automatically enter into my list with other female entrepreneurs and you'll be the first one to know when the event is being revealed. And I tell you what, it is very, Soon. So hang on to your hats, and I can't wait to share the news. I'm excited. <laughs> Have a great day, and I'll see you next time on Cashflow Candy. Bye bye.